should, should we kick this this bad boy off? Let's kick it in the dick. Oh, Pip mentioned something as well before we start. Apparently, Halo's been um, uh, pushed back to twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's been delayed. I did not see that actually. Only, Jesus uh, Christ, Dave! Delayed. You're supposed to be the news guy. Wait, like last um, as of some well, last time I read a games website would have been Monday. It wasn't on there, so I'm guessing this must have happened either today or yesterday. You're supposed to have your finger on the pulse, Dave. I'm vegetarian. My fingers are always on the pulse. Chickpeas, <laughs> beans, black eyed peas. That's a beige bell. Get out. Get out and walk. <laughs> and is there a particular reason that 343 have cited where the release date has slipped until 2021? No. no. I, well, I haven't read anything like that. Unless... Unless they have said something, but I haven't read it. Uh, but to me, it sounds like um, they probably work on it more. To me, just like I reckon they've seen a lot of feedback about the graphics. I thought, fuck. Point. Let's sort it out. That's me, anyway. If you want to mention it, Dave, you don't have to. You can mention it next week. And then yeah, we'll about it. Stay, stay at play isn't going to wait, you know, change next week. Yeah, so, so, so don't have to mention it now. Just mention it next week if you want. Read more about it. Research. I'll say something about it. Um, it'll be a, a quick one-liner. And um, anyway, yeah, fine. Okay. All right, let's kick this off. <clears throat> We are live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Below the Cartridge, a podcast of three cisgendered white... I'm going to start that again. That would make no sense. I'll just cut that. It's fine. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. <laughs> Hello hey, and welcome... Fuck's sake, Dave. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below the Cartridge, hosted by three... Purest virgins and a maniacal sex pest. I'll let you decide who is who. Um, featuring it's today is. Three, three of us here. <laughs> Did I say three? I should have said two. Okay then. <laughs> um, well, hey, that's, that, that leaves things even more undecided. I've got to say, my <clears throat> Hello. And welcome to Below the Cartridge, featuring two purest virgins and one maniacal sex pest. I'll let you decide who's who. Today I have with me Pip Newcomb and Super Scoop. Yeah. I am your amazing host, Chimera. We'll start off with uh, today with uh, Super Spoon with a bit of gaming news. Right, you asked for this. <laughs> I just realised how bad this looks wearing a vest. Uh, if you guys are listening to a podcast, you're not watching some video, you're spared a small mercy. Um, so, um, gaming news this week, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout has launched to a rapturous reception that's very quickly become the biggest game in the world right now. It's got an instant hit for streamers, 
has already made two million copies sold, which is a heck of a milestone because it was only launched on Steam. And many, many more copies have been um, downloaded considering it's free on PlayStation Plus as well. Uh, its gameplay is a heavy mix of, um, of casual mini games, a hilarity, and an absolute chaos, to put it bluntly. So, and uh, as we mentioned, the bat is looking absolutely phenomenal. And a, a teenage child in America has been found essentially uh, using his mother's debit card to spend £20,000 giving Twitch subs. And his mother has kept the child anonymous, for obvious reasons. I imagine um, that that child is due for a bit of a talking to and um, is probably um, sacrificing birthday and Christmas presents for doing that. Bit of an oops there. And some recent news, Halo Infinite, its release date has now slipped until 2021. And reasonings are perhaps somewhat opaque here, um, but one of the uh, more cynical readings of it could be um, the, the, the controversy around um, the graphics of the game that's been mired up until now. And also, very, very interestingly, and I see that Pip Newcomb has come um, very well prepared for this news, and Rocksteady have announced a Suicide Squad game, interestingly enough. And um, also, yeah. in word of that, um, there we go. Flash of that signal, I'm out as well. And we are going to be doing an episode on... <laughs> well, um, I'd say we, we straight away have a, a divergence between the upcoming Avengers game and also the, um, the, the Suicide Squad game. Uh, I think um, we've, 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 we've shown where our allegiances lay here uh, already <laughs> over in the podcast. But I would say... That's it for gaming news this week. I mean, uh, does anyone have any thoughts on those? I'm going to jacket off because um, it is absolutely boiling. Yeah, yeah, I bet you're roasting in that. You can leave your hat on, though. Yeah, so Suicide Squad. I'm, uh, yeah, I was, quite, um, I was quite pleased with the, the announcement of that, um, especially when Rocksteady announced the released the poster, the first poster for it. Uh, have you guys seen it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, I've seen the poster. Do we know anything about the gameplay? No, well, nothing about the gameplay is unsought, but to me, what it looks like is going to be, it looks like it's going to be a, the Suicide Squad versus the Justice League, which, yeah. you know, could work. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be interesting to see I'm how they do it. it. Mm. I'd yeah. say the formula for the Batman games they got so right, they got it on point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had a, an open world where you could traverse it so easily. The combat mechanics were fantastic. And I think Batman is the ideal protagonist for a superhero game because he's super powered, mm. but he's fragile, he's still a guy. He'd still be able to get hurt, you'd still be vulnerable to gunshots. And I'd be really curious to whether the, the same combat mechanics and transfer over to Suicide Squad game. And in fact, Funnily enough, the one very minor criticism I had of the Batman games was they had, you know, a wide variety of um, characters that were only playable in the challenge maps. And so you play as Nightwing, only in the challenge map. You'd get a, a very small section of the game you play as Catwoman to get her moveset, but it was quite quite narrow. And mm. you have to play as the entire Suicide Squad and get to mess around as them and play as their more diverse abilities. That could be really cool. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but don't you think it'd be a little bit lazy if they just took what, in essence, they've been using for the last few games and then just slap their Suicide Squad skins over the top of it? I know they're all going to have their own move sets, but 
do you reckon they'll go for yeah. something completely different, try a completely different type of game? Um, maybe perhaps similar to um, Ultimate I'm Alliance? You know what? I think regardless yeah. of what they do, and I have, I tell you what, this is kiss of death, isn't it? I have absolute faith in Rocksteady because as a studio, they get things so right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have a game, Frank and Burns now said that, my gosh. Uh, you know, but they, they fundamentally understand the source material. They fundamentally have a passion for the characters. If you look at the love they put into um, the Arkham trilogy, they understand what makes DC Universe tick. And mm. as a result of that... But what I'm saying is, is, is they've done it now. They've, they've done the, the Arkham trilogy. It was good. It was really good. Are they going to continue with that same formula? Are we seeing uh, Rocksteady settling into, say, a pattern of games similar to what we would expect of... For example, um, uh, the Assassin's, uh, Creed. Assassin's. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Assassin's Creed model, where they just like it's it's Arkham Asylum, but we're going to start squad. seeing those. Yeah, we're going to start seeing those yeah, kind of games. What's that? They're going to have to mix it up because if you look at the, the bit skills and abilities that the Suicide Squad have, they're so 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 different to Batman. Not, not like, so much. It's not so much about the, um, the, the the playability of the characters within that world. It's more the, the style of that kind of world, if you know what I mean. Are they, you know, is it just going to be um, an update, you know what I mean, rather than a different game? Are we just getting Arkham Asylum 2.0? I think it'd be a totally different game. Yeah? It's going to have to be. Um, I, yeah, I agree. It'd be a totally different game. Considering the fact what the Arkham Knight game came out what was it five years ago? I believe. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah. How scary is that? It does not feel like that long ago. No, it doesn't, no. And to me, have they had five years to kind of make this game? So they've had obviously different technology now, things like that. So to me, I reckon it's gonna be a totally different game. Hmm. Honestly, what, I think what would I like to think they do if it's going to work. Uh, what's, what's that, sorry? I said I think whatever they do if it's going to work. I yeah, think... 100%. Um, um, why would I like, like to think? Or would it be connected as well? I can imagine would... it would be, storyline-wise. Mm. Yeah. But I, I, it'd be a disappointment to see it following the same methodology as the previous yeah. three Arkham games. Also, I'm not sure how whether this is going to affect things or not, but I don't know if you guys saw, um, the DC Comics Studios has announced mass layoffs and their very future is in question at the moment. Um, which, you know, in terms of the universe we set in and where it's sitting and, you know, the actual financial uh, liquidity of um, the parent firm, DC ain't got, um, ain't got Disney money behind them, you know. And, I think their, their cinematic universe has not gone as well as they'd like. And their comic division, which, let's be honest, is the, the engine that drives the majority of storylines and for the universe. They're in dire straits at the moment, you know? Mm, and yeah. so that, that's perhaps the only concern I have, is if that's going to then spill over an impact on the game. I hope not, obviously. I hope they manage to sort it out. And I, it shouldn't do, because... Um... 
they'll have some sort of licensing agreement whereby they can use those characters, regardless of whether or not the company goes into solvency. They'll still be able to have those rights. In fact, they'd probably be able to buy them off their DC if that's the case, yeah. which is what Marvel tr ended up doing when they were coming to close to bankruptcy. They sold off the licenses to a lot of their different uh, characters, and that's what um, essentially saved them. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. They, um, was I right in thinking? They said, um, we'll allow um, a license for the Avengers or some of the Avengers to be sold off. The business they sold them to happily went into the deal. It turned out there's been a lot of people in the Avengers over the years. Yeah. It's sold like a <laughs> kid. Yeah. Hmm? No idea. Uh, I think Plastic Man might have been on there. Uh, it was, you know, <laughs> just bizarre characters you're not necessarily aware of. And they sold the rights to them, but obviously kept them closely the, the main first string Avengers who you actually want to keep um, a tight leash on. They sold yeah. off the, uh, the, the Z-listers, like, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> X-listers. <laughs> um, massive irony. Massive, massive irony. <laughs> um, right. Um, yeah. In light of the fact we're probably going to be doing a full episode um, on this, superhero games. Um, how do you guys feel about moving on to the meat of what we're going to be discussing today, which yeah. is boss battles? Yeah. We've, we've nibbled around the vegetables. Let's get straight to the meat. Vegetarian. I find that offensive. Ah, <laughs> uh, sue me. Okay, so Wait, this so week's <laughs> this week's main topic we're going to be discussing um, boss battles. Particularly, we'll be looking at some of our um, own picks of the best bo best boss battles we've had, uh, the worst boss battles we've had, and also um, perhaps some of the ones that stood out the most. Not necessarily the hardest, but ones that were quite memorable, ones that really stuck out. So, um, <laughs> start off with, what makes a good boss? I'll, I'll hand over to uh, Pip to start us off. What do you think makes a good boss battle? Um, if, you think, if you want to go more the game mechanic way, um, I like a boss battle where it's not quick time events. Press X, you got to press B, you got to press Y to defeat the boss. I want a boss battle where you got to use your head, you got to use different tactics. You got to use the um, the skills that you built up. No, no repetitive. The fact that you've gone straight for no quick time events, it's, you sound like a man that's been hurt before. Are there any future <laughs> examples that have made you come out with that? Because that, that, that's very specific. <laughs> The thing is, most, most boss battles are like that these days, aren't they? To me, that's just some, it's just lazy work, if you want to be totally honest with you. It's just lazy. Uh, you what know? Was, the, uh, was it Halo 3? Halo 4, man. Yeah, what, Halo yeah. 4. Yeah. Halo yeah, Halo 4, I think, 4. if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, no, to me, it's nah. with, a, with, a, with a quick time event. The quick time event, the stuff of grenade in the guy um, yeah. and blow him up. After mashing, um, mashing a button to crawl forward slowly, you know, real high stage stuff. Uh, <laughs> really frustrating. Saying that, um, what was the the game Fahrenheit? That entire game was a quick time event, oh. and that last boss battle wasn't what? any less harrowing. 
Nick, did you ever play, um, in America, they called it Indigo Prophecy, um, for no reason other than they wanted to give it um, two names, just to be awkward. I hate it when they do that with games. Um, would you happen to have played that game? Honestly, I think, I think it's much... I don't think so, no. Cage. Um, so being David Cage, it had a, you know, a David very distinct um, But was that a game you ever, ever had the joy of playing? Because it was a weird no, game. No, no. Um, so same dude that made Heavy Rain, um, same dude who made Detroit um, Become Human, um, incredibly narrative-driven. And at the start of the game, David Cage introduces the game with a um, little, little uh, monologue explaining how um, you use the analog sticks for everything to enhance, um, to enhance you know, the feelings of... Um, I'm trying to a word now. Um, so you feel like you're um, tied to the character. So if you wanted to, to you know, open, a, open a handle, you have to like, do a yes. edge and actually match doing it. Um, but yeah, there was spot, you know, various action sequences in the game. And as, um, as Nathan every day said, um, to quote your YouTube, YouTube, um, YouTube That's name. a subtle little drop there. <laughs> there we go. Nathan every day, we'll leave a jingle for <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm going to keep on saying that. I like it. Um, but yeah, basically the entire game, every action that you did was QTE-based. Um, what were the love scenes in the QTE based as well? Yeah, yeah, they were love making scenes that were quick time events. That cast the boss battle. Does the um, boss, boss battle relations? Does it, would, yeah. that, would that count? No. The boss battles of love. Yeah, basically <laughs> it was one of those ones where you could like shack up and then you had to do the thumbsticks to successfully make love. It was weird. And but also erratic. So, that's perhaps the one example of QTEs not being horrific and jarring. And I'd say actually one more possibly that gets away with it. In Resident Evil 4, when you fight Krauser, um, weirdly that works. The QTEs yeah, yeah. Get... I think that... <sighs> it does to an extent, but that the, the knife fight you're talking about, isn't it? Um, ex exactly. When you're, um, you know, Krauser stalking you, is firing a bow at you. Uh, you're having various, um, you know, come in, attack you. When you have, um, same as when Salazar, there's different points in the game, um, when you have a QT um, during a boss battle, like to escape an attack or something similar. Um, but I think here's the rub. This is a game that came out a long, old time ago at that time. When they were fresh. Yeah. Uh, it was something that was new and novel. And then it was done to death by every single game. Um, I mean, if I have to use the left stick to balance over a log, over a log, over a beat one more time, I think I'll break the controller because it is <laughs> uninspiring. It's not easy. Um, and I think QTs and boss battles now are going that way. First time, yeah, it's fresh, it's new. Um, it's kind of like the first time you see a Big Mac as a kid. You think, oh, wow, two burgers in one. That's some dark witchcraft, that is. Uh, at least you would if you're a kid who talks in that sort of language. Um, when, when, you're, when you're a 30 stone adult, as you eating Big Macs three meals a day for most of your life, you think, oh great, another one. I've just ranted far too much there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it in the edit, Spoon. You won't, you won't even make uh, it onto YouTube. Don't worry about it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. QTEs are they're good in circumstances where you've, uh, for example, Gears of War, not Gears of War, God of War. 
I've just played the. Have you played the new one, Dad of Boy? Not yet. No, <laughs> you haven't played Dad of Boy. No. <laughs> The boy. combat system is very yeah, boy. <laughs> That's why I'm growing this out. Anyway, um, <laughs> the boss battles, the battle system in it, the combat system is really, <clears throat> really good, and they do <clears throat> drop QTEs in every now and then at certain points, and sometimes to finish them, finish off the bosses. Yeah, in that kind of way, it adds to the overall experience. I think because. It bring you know you've you've got the, the two extremes, combat systems where you only use QTEs and like you're saying it's you're losing out on a big part of the game. You're not able to display your skills, or you're being able to display is the fact that you can press the right button at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Anything more frustrating when you've just had twenty minutes fighting some eldritch monstrosity abomination? You whittle its health bar down to that little. 0.01%, it goes into a stun lock, and to finish it off, you've got to hit the perfectly timed QTE, which some, I'm not gonna say something rude now, um, some game designer has fluffed, so he glitches out, and then you, it's health restores to three quarts, and you gotta do it again. Multiple games have done that, and my yeah, god, it's had something. Yeah, that is, that's lazy. That's, that's, that's lazy game developing. But then the other side of it is where, you you are just using your skills to an extent, but then combat ends quite unceremoniously. Yeah. It's like, it's health reaches zero, <laughs> it dies. Games like God of War, though, those fight scenes a bit more cinematic, aren't they? Yes. But, that, sorry. That's, that's the point that I was uh, illustrating. Yeah. Adding a QTE in and amongst all that heavy combat where you've learned those skills, you've, you've built up that, that, that ability over time and then the QTEs are simply to put a bit of a creative cinematic flair to the combat overall you're yeah, fighting yeah. on the back of a dragon you know using all your abilities and then the dragon does a swoop and he come the enemy comes over to you and you're holding it like that and then you press the QTE and then it takes you through a little cinematic and then you put back onto the stage and you continue the yeah, fight yeah. in another arena Things like that, it, it makes it more interesting in that regard. Would you agree? It's upon a wider point here, which is a successful boss battle, as well as having, um, you know, we'll come on to gameplay probably in a bit more detail in a bit, um, but to feel rewarding, you need to have something, you know, some sort of conclusion at the end that feels meaningful. And, um, you know, you need to um, either get some sort of decent loot, you need to have some sort of, um, you know, development. So rather than just being, um, you know, the, the boss drops to the floor, they're gone, uh, you'd have something wider that actually affects something that has meaning for your character. Um, mm. Especially if you're fighting, a, let's say you're fighting an enemy who escapes multiple times throughout the game. You often have this with uh, the final boss. You may fight him two or three times previously. If they just escape, it can feel phenomenally frustrating. However, if the designers throw something in, so at least the character looks like they're winded, they're hurt, they look up and you look like you've actually caused something to, to you know, actually cause them a, a problem. That straight away at least gives you some sort of payoff and makes it feel like it's been rewarding. And yeah. that QT there, that is, if it's done correctly, that could be a nice, you know, the cherry on top of the cake. And if it's done incorrectly, it could be the, the fragrant dog turd on top of the cake. <laughs> you see what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. No, 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 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. The quick time effect I like is just when, in cinematic, if it works, you, like, if you look, like, for example, if you do miss a button, your health goes down or whatever. It's the quick time events that annoy me are the ones where you have to do it. It repeats the process. You miss a button, now the, the cinematic replays itself. Do you know what you know, yeah. understand the ones I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you they're mean. They're the ones that annoy me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Where, um, like, for example, like Spoon was saying earlier, like, you fail the QTE, the boss gets half of his health back and you have to whittle yeah. it back down again. Or um, it, you get insta-killed. You miss the quick time event, you're completely skewered. Yeah. Whereas if the quick time event just means that you get a penalty yourself, say so your health goes down a bit, it means that you yeah. don't feel like you've suffered against the enemy and that there's a lot of that in god of war um like there's there's certain instances where the boss will rush you and you have to quickly Mm -hmm. but if you get it wrong they just like fucking smash your face into the ground and you're these to me to me god of war sounds like they've done quick time events perfectly done yeah i'll give you a lend it's really good Um, yeah yeah i think that's two games of lending (laughs) Yeah, it's lost loads. <laughs> um, so to someone's Tamagotchi. And so someone's about to have a boss, but burst through that wall by the sound of it. I'll just I'll I'll, sort of... I'll cut this out. It's the stupid bed sensor that my wife insists on leaving on Theo's bed, even though he's a three year old and he doesn't need it. So if he rolls over to one edge of the bed He's not in the bed sensor anymore, and it will be. Uh, I'm going to cut this out, Ori. This ain't going in. Uh, I was joking about Dave that's... earlier. Yours, I won't. I won't cut your bit out, but I will definitely cut this out. But yeah, it does go off, and it does my head in. Mate, it's like um, as someone that's, um, you know, let's say it sounds a bit like the RCXD in Call of Duty. Uh, a little remote control car is going to drive into one of our um, one of our shops and blow up. Buried it in pillows, so I won't hear it if it beeps. I'm assuming you mean the monitor, not your child. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, right. To move on to the, the main sub, further into the subject. So, <clears throat> breathing forward. Um, so, we'll start off with um, some of the hardest boss battles that we've had. Um, I'll start off uh, with Spoon this time. If you want to hit me with the hardest boss battle that you have ever undertaken and funnily enough this is actually a relatively easy one to go for and i'm gonna go with ornstein and smo or smoth i don't know how you say the guy's name and from the perennial um classic beloved by hardcore gamers for his dark souls and, and okay i know that's, that's a basic choice you guys can say that's basic and, but, beige that choice was, there dave spoon <laughs> Peace choice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the box that enemies are bosses, aren't they? <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I think there's there's nothing I can say about this game that hasn't been said already, and there's probably not a lot I can say about this box that hasn't been said already. Um, but other than just being pure hard for the sake of being hard, it's fairly designed, and um, the scale of it. I mean, this is a series full of good boss battles. All the boss battles feel meaningful. 
and you know it's something that when you go into them you often with the law of the game you have various characters you can be fighting teased within them you hear about them and you know it's something that and often their stories are actually quite tragic and with Ornstein and Smo, uh, you have Dragon Slayer Ornstein, who is a, a small, you know, he's relatively diminutively statured, and he's still taller than your character, um, but he's alive, he's very fast, and you can hurl lightning bolts from a distance, which are really damaging and really, really irritating. And, and then you have Smo, who is a giant, 12 foot tall, fat cannibal, uh, who's an executioner who's got a big hammer. He's like King Dedede after Smash Brothers, but terrifying. And, and if he gets you close, you're pumped, you die. And really? Just insta-kills you. It's not... Well, you, you say, right, using the word insta-kill in Dark Souls is really, really misleading because, as Pip said, um, a lot of the characters in that game, single hits, take like three quarters of your health in it. Is, and, it, is, it, is it a damage, um, like a, a large amount of damage, or is it literally one of those attacks where it goes, this kills you? Well, it, it's a large amount of damage, but I think um, with anything else in Dark Souls, it's very, very easily take damage to then get knocked into something else that does you more damage. And yeah. um, you're in a very wide open, you know, a wide open hallway. There's pillars you can use for, you know, really minimal amount of cover. And um, it's something that just when you think you've got the hang of it, when you defeat one of them, the fight then gets significantly harder because whichever one survives, when you knock one of them down, the remaining one absorbs the other one's soul and gains their powers too. So I'm always, I, I would always try and get Smo first um, because I'd assume that, right, because he's just so powerful. If Ornstein um, absorbed him, it'd be easier. I never managed it. And that's pretty mm. bad, but I never managed it. So you'd knock down Ornstein. Smo then would basically become double as fast and start throwing lightning bolts at you as well as being just a beefcake. Oh, um, in seriousness, I would say it took me probably 20 plus tries to beat. Wow. But being the game it is, it never feels unfair. I kept coming back to it. It's, uh, it's a weird game like that. I know it's not yeah. for everyone. It's, um, it's polarised viewpoints. Yeah. But by far, yeah. that's, um, that's probably the hardest boss battle I've enjoyed. Not just said that's cheap, Sworn and Smash the Controller. Hmm. <laughs> you know, even if you fellas played that. I played it briefly, um, but I, I get what you mean about the bosses. I didn't complete the game. I, I, I've, I've given it a couple of weeks of playing it, um, but I think I lent it off somebody and they wanted it back. Um, but it, the boss battles were very intense, but when you lost... <laughs> It, it, you always felt like you could see the horizon as to how you should have done it. And you usually lost because you made mistakes. There's going to be a few, mm. like, couple of tries with each enemy where you work out the, the patterns, um, figure out the best way to beat them. But even then, you make one mistake, like you say, that's most of your health gone. And then you're playing catch up. And sometimes, you know, you think, okay, next time I go in, I need to watch out for that. And you start coming up with strategies to take them on. So, yeah. yeah. It's all well, depending on what build you went for. And the build I went for um, was quite reliant on shields. So it's all about stamina management. You can't block all the time. Yeah. There's some hits that you don't even want to block because they'll just put you in a you know stun state if you get hit or drain your stamina meter. Yeah. Uh, it's better to get knocked out of the way. 
And something I will say that I had as well, which um, I think is really helpful with good boss battles. It had a phenomenal soundtrack. Um, yeah. The soundtrack, epic. Uh, that boss. fight in particular. And, and you know, I think so many games, uh, I, I know this is, I'll stop talking about Dark Souls now, but very, very briefly, anyone who played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, the bosses in that all had just kick-ass themes. And they made them just so much more enjoyable. I think Ornstein's that almost made it easier to keep coming back, even though you were getting your butt handed to you again and again. Yeah. Um, and okay, you can summon Solera of a story. No, it's like, you praise the sun, dude. That's Solera of a story, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I always forget his name. Um, you, I found out after beating him, if you've got um, humanity, you can summon him and he helps you and makes it way easier. I didn't really? need to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just had to make cheese as best I could anyway. Um, Any Dark Souls, if I was your player, any tips? Um, Dodge. As the tagline of the game goes, prepare to die. Yeah, you will <laughs> die a lot. You'll die a bomb. <laughs> you will die one metric bomb. I am scared. It's fine, just get used to dying. <laughs> you say that, but it's, you know, although I would say don't be intimidated because... There's certain parts of the game you can take your own pace. You have phenomenal world building, atmosphere. It's one of the best games you can play. Um, you know, the, the world you explore, I think that you really want to learn more about it. Yeah. And the lore may ambiguous. There's no maps, um, so you have to figure out your way around. You work out what the good places, you know, which direction you want to go in that massive open world. Some areas are level gated, but you'll work out pretty quickly which areas you can and cannot okay. go into yet. So well, you, you say that potentially can do it. It's just incredibly difficult. Um, yeah, maybe a second playthrough, perhaps. I took a wrong turn at the crow and wandered into the graveyard and had my ass handed to me by a giant skeleton um, the first time oh, I played yeah. it. So, yeah. It does kind of tease you in different directions, but there's it, yeah. it's just like Spoon was saying... Um, you do die a lot, but it's one of those games where that's just part of the game. Part it's of the game. natural, expected. organic part of the game. It's trial and error. Uh, you know, resources are scarce, but um, you know, you'll, you'll soon... You'll, the fact that you're constantly replaying those areas actually works in your favour yeah. because you start to build up a mental map of where you need to go. Yeah. So it, it, there's benefits to it. Because there's no no thing that you can go on to and say, all right, it's here. Because you're taking those longer and longer journeys each time, getting a little bit further away from the save point before you get to the next save point, bonfire. You're starting to yeah, become yeah. more and more familiar with those areas. So that does help you along the way. And it was a game. Purposes. There's a game I played recently that was like that, uh, with a save point. Is a uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Star Order. Fallen Order. They use the same mechanic. Yeah. What's the game called? Star Wars Fallen Order. Oh, Star Wars Fallen Order. Yeah, so like, you have like, these like, meditation points, but they're so far apart. And if you die, you go back. You can make it so yeah. far, you die, you go back. Yeah, they, that stressed me. So that stressed me. Yeah. Side songs. <laughs> what about so, you, Camaro? What's the hardest boss you? you oh, my what? hardest boss. <laughs> right, so. Um, back in the original PlayStation era, uh, there was a game that came out called Guilty Gear. 
I think I've touched on this in one of our other videos. Uh, Guilty Gear is a fighting game along similar lines to um, Street Fighter, things like that. So it's like animated 2D fighting game. Um, just imagine they took Street Fighter, gave all of the characters crack, and then turned them <laughs> against each other. It's intense. And made and maybe listen to the classic metal. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole game is heavily references a lot of different rock music. It has a rock based soundtrack. Um, it, the the first game in particular had a mechanic that they introduced for the first game only, and then immediately stripped out, which was an instant kill. That's right. Oh <laughs> no! On the first three, you could attack your opponent with a very special move. That if you landed, would win you the match. Oh. But if you didn't get it, if you if you didn't land it, you lost your special bar for the rest of those best of three. So the boss in particular will be the last battle that you have of that game, which was a character called Justice. Um, set in the world of Guilty Gears, Gears were weapons, like organic weapons created by the humans. And uh, they were made to listen to the commands of humans. Uh, except certain gears started gaining sentience. And these were called master gears. Mm -hmm. And um, Justice was one of these master gears. Uh, if you can imagine, I think they took the idea for Justice from a lot, a lot of um, different like animes of the time. For example, uh, Neo Genesis Evangelion. So got that kind of look to it. It's very reptilian, um, yeah. a reptilian-looking robot. Um, so to put it into perspective, not only would, was uh, Justice the second fastest, second most powerful, second best durability, it was the second best of everything in the game. So you had the fastest character, which you know got hit once, a glass cannon. Hit once, lost most of its health. You had um, other characters that were very, very slow, did a lot of damage. You know, your highest damages in the game. Yeah. She was the second best in all of those. As soon as you started the match, she would jump, start flying around the screen. She was the only character in the first game that could jump dash. So you could double jump, press forward, and you could do a little dash. Yeah. Do it across the fucking sky. Her abilities were... Um, to start off with, she had just a normal punch, kick, punch, kick, lots of you know, stuff like that. Special abilities, something called the Michael Sword, which would make a laser go up and around the screen, which would finish behind her. So if you were jumping or you were behind her, <laughs> she could still hit you. She could throw oh. a um, a grenade, which would slow travel, and the character was the AI was programmed in a, such a way she would throw that grenade. Stop punching you backwards into the grenade. Uh, I'm not even at the best part. She had a uh, grab move, a counter grab move, where if you started getting close to it to punch her, start hitting her, she put a tail in front of her and then just throw you. That's not even the worst part. <laughs> she would automatically parry your insta kill. So you could not insta kill her. She would tr constantly try to insta-kill you as soon as the match started. This is the second fastest, second strongest character in the game. Okay? If you didn't figure something out faster than she could get off her big move, then it was game over. 
she had um, an attack called Gamma Ray. Now, Gamma Ray, the name of it, based off a uh, Norwegian uh, death metal band. Interesting. Mm. Gamma Ray. She has these big, massive things on her shoulders, and you're thinking, what are the things for? What are they there? She'll stop, open those up, and a laser would fill the screen while she was screaming at you. What made it so hard <laughs> was if you blocked it, if you didn't block it, you're dead. If you blocked it, it would take off half of your health. And because she's hit you that many times, it automatically recharged her gauge and she would use it again straight away. Okay, you feel the stress. You fight this this battle at the end of the story missions you have to go through. Every single character in the game until you get to justice. Yeah. Right? So you can't really practice against her. You have to get through the entire game of other characters trying to insta-kill you to get through to justice. Yeah. As soon as you get to justice, if you don't start attacking her, straight away and figure something out she just fires these lasers at you you block she fires them again you lose or she insta kills you all the other stuff and in, in the meantime it's just supplementary things to annoy you until she gets off gamma ray the only way and this is after months of me <laughs> sweating alone in my room the only way I managed to beat her was because I figured out a juggling combo with one of the characters. You literally, you start off by doing this move that knocks her into the air as soon as the game starts. If you don't do it, as soon as the match started, you were dead. You jump, kicked her into the air, and then you just kept juggling her. She had like a, um, the, the character had like a, uh, uh, what's the uppercut in Street Fighter? Sure, you can. Yeah, yeah. He had his own version of that. So basically, you did this attack where you fly across the screen foot first and hit her, and she rebound off the, the, the edge of the screen. And because she yeah, did that, yeah. she's high enough into the air, and you just kept cycling it. Just kept cycling it. So she'd never touch the floor. And she'd be, the yeah, just tinking it down. Tinking it down. Oh, if, she, if she touched the floor, you died. And then we got to the last moment, the last part of health, and then a kind of mist. So you got a. And then she goes, Burr, Burr, gets up. You've been damaging her, so a special gauge has been charged. Gamma ray. <laughs> I've got to ask. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Did you at least get the opportunity to continue and try again, or did it, was it one of those final bosses? Just you have to start again. Stuff? Yeah, you have to yeah. start again. Oh, man. Yeah, that oh. game would be a long time ago. Yeah, um, like later iterations of the game, they removed the insta-kill mechanic, mm. but they also introduced things like super super justice, where her health constantly recharges. She was so, number one. Yeah, so that that yeah that that was the hardest hardest boss battle I ever had to fight. In fact, once once I figured figured out the juggling combo, that was the only time I was ever able to beat her was using that combo. It was actually relatively mm. easy, as long as you could keep her juggled. But if you wanted to play it legitimately, that using the character that I used was not a character I'd normally use in that game. I think I said in a previous video, I usually go for the ninja characters, and there's a nice um, uh, ninja character in that game called Chip Zanath. Yeah. Uh, and he was brilliant. He, he's the glass cannon, though. Lots of damage, but if you hit him, he's pretty much 
the so the idea is you do lots of teleporty stuff and keep yourself away from them. Couldn't couldn't use him against her. He just gets killed straight away. I had to cheese it to be her. And then when you cheesed it, you didn't if it was a victory, because it's still if you didn't get the timings right. But it, it felt like a hollow one because you can't I think the the developers even had to issue a um, an apology because they made it too difficult. Can I just say this is perhaps not a phenomenal advert of a guilty Kia series? The series uh, itself is fine. They re-released a version of um, Justice in the later games called Dizzy, which is supposed to be her daughter, which was a little bit more torn down and a lot more interesting, but at the same time beatable with any character. You could still play mm. as Justice. They still had her as an unlockable character. But as far as the storyline's concerned, they, they kind of learned their lesson with Justice. The, the games are phenomenal. They even did the newer uh, Dragon Ball Z beat them up. Not, not the uh, free-roaming one, the one that was a platform fighter. But, yeah, they're really good. Really good games. I definitely recommend checking them out. Apart from their weird tower defense one, that was weird. Give that one a minute. <laughs> um, so, uh, that, was, that was my pick. What about yourself, Pip? Um, I've had a, several hard bosses um, in my uh, my gaming lifetime. Um, it's, I've got one which took me weeks to complete this game on insane difficulty, Ooh. and it's General Ram from Gears oh, of. <laughs> Now, that. the gears of war. That ties in so well. Oh. I'm the guy who, when he's doing the campaign mode, I had to go straight into the hardest difficulty. <laughs> so, Call of Duty, I go straight into veteran. <laughs> Anything like that. I'd love to go straight into the insane difficulties, the veteran difficulties. Just go straight into it. You just don't like I mean, enjoying uh, video I games, do you? <laughs> Because General Ram at the end on that train. Oh, not only was his minigun literally OP, but that swarm of krill. Oh, the krill had. is the, the, the thing that the made that level so... Yeah. yeah, it made it so much harder than it had to be. So he used, he used the krill as shield, didn't he? So you have to get a torque bow, kind of hit it, krill, krill disperse. Get your gun, shoot him in the head. Could you, blind, could you, you had a couple of grenades. If you were lucky enough, you could do the blind throw and a grenade, yeah. couldn't you? I'm going to get rid of a krill too, but yeah, you only have two grenades at a time or something silly. And then ammo's in, if I remember correctly, ammo's quite, um, quite sparse in that, wasn't it? You, get, you know, you have to be, it's quite, you have to ration, ration the ammo. Um, but not only did you have his minigun, you had swarm of krill around it. We have the reavers oh, on either side, side of the train. Yeah. Oh, and they were just literally just pounding you with the weapons and the AI Dom and he was oh. no help. So you would die within the first two minutes of entering that train. I was wondering was going to bring that up. I've got I've got conspiracy theory guys and really ironically in the Dutch language Dom means stupid. <laughs> and I think 
the way Dom behaves in that battle, literally, he was downed normally in the first 0.0001 second. And oh. so he's living up to um, being Dom in the Dutch sense, massively. <laughs> There were yeah, so he, many times Dom would literally go like nose to nose with General Ram and like dead. Oh, revive me! It's like, nah, I made. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't beat that game unless you had somebody there playing Dom. Yeah. You, you yeah. always have to watch that little like three second long cut scene in the start of the battle where it yeah. zooms on General Ram. He's for the queen. <laughs> Which the first time you see it is fine, but when you're playing on insane and it's your like. Like fifth, tenth, fifteenth, twentieth time from beating. My God, you so much. Where I stopped playing that game for about a couple of weeks, I just stopped it. I thought, nope, I'm gonna complete it. And then I don't know if you ever had this, but when you play the game for so long and you can't do it, you're like, you know, I'm gonna have a break. Yeah, I've, you, you have a moment of clarity then, don't you? Yeah, and. I died the first time getting back into it. The second time, I managed to complete it. Yes. Yes. Second time, second time you're doing it. I know um, exactly how you feel. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say as well, you're a better man than I. Um, so I never did it on insane. Um, I did it on normal. I did it on hardcore. Um, hmm. Insane was going okay. Um, the other bit on insane I got stuck in, by the way, when you're in the emulsion cave, and there's that one yeah. checkpoint at the start of it, Cole says, Look at all that juice! And <laughs> um, the amount of times I've heard Cole say, "Look at all that," and <laughs> um, that's burned in my brain forever. Um, but then, I, then the rest of it, I'm like, oh, "This is okay. This is okay. This is okay. I can do this." Get to Ram, not not a chance. <laughs> I couldn't find anyone who wanted to do a co-op with me, so that's still unfinished. And yeah. um, I might actually have to ask you, mate, just to do it. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll I'm, do it, mate. Yeah, because you have yeah. game. As the ultimate edition, then it's so. I rock yeah. that with you. I rock that with you. I unfinished business with Ram, and I think we, we, we can get this one nailed. Yeah, 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll cheer you from, from the couch. <laughs> you go, boys. But nah, General Ram, um, yeah, he was difficult for me, but I like making honorable mention. He's not, he wasn't the boss of this game. Um, but sub zero, <clears throat> sub zero, sub zero, and I'm assuming you mean um, the Mortal Kombat character as opposed to the ice cream. <laughs> I mean, mate, God, if you that, have a ice cream, that's is hard that, to is beat. that a beige bell there? I hear a, a pet. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, it was Mortal Kombat 3 on PlayStation, and I must have been 12 years old. And we lived in this army barracks because my dad was my dad was in the army, and I can never defeat Sub Zero. It got to the point where I got so angry that I couldn't defeat him. I picked up the game case, right? And I just launched it out of my front room, <laughs> my bedroom window. <laughs> <laughs> into all these bushes and in the bushes were like kind of like barbed wire <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> obviously because it's an army base as well <laughs> the game was amongst barbed wire I was like oh better go like, because it was actually my brother's game it wasn't mine oh <laughs> no <laughs> so I had to go get 
lucky for me, it, was, it, it wasn't as deep in a bar where I could literally go in and grab it on my hand. Oh, thank God. But, yeah, I'd have to make an honourable mention to Sub-Zero because of that. Because of that pure rage I felt as a 12-year-old kid. Oh, launching man. that team. We've all been there. We've all been all there. All I can see is you crawling for the bushes and Metal Gear theme tune playing. <laughs> <laughs> but you, the fact that you just launched your brother's game out of the window. <laughs> he just wept himself he just yeah brilliant I didn't time but a couple of years later on I told him that story and he was yeah he just he just wept himself what's that sorry it's very sad your brother has incontinence <laughs> oh. right anyway I think we should um Take a quick ba- break. We'll be going for 50 minutes. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And um, we've still got, um, and I th- what we'll do is we'll go through um, the lamest should games. Go more, should we just go more memorable so we don't do a disappointing? Just go for what's our memorable bosses. Should we then... chuck in most disappointing just as like a quick? We'll just, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the yeah, time. So we'll just do five minutes on each of them. Like, which yeah, one was your so most talk disappointing? About, talk about our best top, best, best, best <clears throat> boss battles. Yeah. And then spoil our segment on the most disappointing. But we'll be trying, trying not to delve into it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, we'll just go yeah, over yeah. them. We'll say which, what it was and why we thought it was disappointing. And then yeah. we'll move on to the ones that are most memorable because that's what people yeah. want. They want to dip their yeah. toes in the bad, but they really want the good. Guys, um, how yeah. do you feel about rude words on this podcast? It's fine. On the on the YouTube thing, you can set it so that it's for adults. So, as long as you, you know, if you keep it to a minimum, as long as it's just, if, if it's just oh, no. a fact. The only reason I ask is a boss battle and a swear word. That's, that's <laughs> part of why it's memorable. Ah. Uh. And also, do you guys mind if I go for a wee and check on Logan? See if he's no, sort of running back in the room. Uh, I'm professional. Like, he's been literally in front of me, just going, <laughs> going, give me that dry lightning boy. <laughs> <laughs> give me that lightning boy. <sighs> <laughs> I, do, I do that at work all the time. Like, <laughs> give me that phone. <laughs> give me that pen boy. Right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, next we're going to talk about quickly go through our um, worst boss battles, battles that we thought were complete waste of time, or too easy, or whatever reason that you want to you know put it in the worst battle list. I think we're going to start off with Spoon on this one. Um, what was your worst boss battle? And I've gone for a, a strange pick here because. The game designer deliberately wanted this to be an infuriating boss battle. Um, so I'm going for Let's Shake. Um, that's Let's with a Z um, from No More Heroes on the Wii. Uh, now, anyone who's ever played the Suda51 game knows that Suda51, um, he's got a very distinctive um, style of game development. Uh, I personally love the guy. Um, okay, he has some misses as well as hits. Um, but No More Heroes is a massively postmodern game. I mean, for God's sake, the main character meets a girl in the bar and Dressa wants to become the world's greatest assassin and buys a <laughs> beam katana. Not lightsaber, it's not a lightsaber, beam katana on eBay. 
um, and decides to assassinate the top ten world assassins because you know that's a way of trying to to, to get um, to get with a girl you've just met who is French for some reason. Uh, and so the, the gameplay loop of the game um, to actually fight one of um, the world assassins, you have to amass money by doing some side quests in the game. You see, you've got a really basic open world design. And there's some just really offbeat, bizarre side quests, like catching scorpions and stuff. Just <laughs> bizarre things. Uh, so it takes a bit of grinding to actually get the money to go on one of the ranking battles. When you have you know, the actual mission itself, you fight some, um, some goons, uh, and you go forward to another level, then you meet up against the boss. Um, this is a game that leans very heavily on boss battles. And they are, actually, to be fair, really, really inventive. There's one guy who's um, basically a knockoff of Mega Man, but he is an absolute scoundrel. Uh, he's basically a guy who just, is really, just deliberately fights really dirty and does naughty stuff uh, and just cares about self-publicizing. So, you know, it's a really interesting fight. There's, um, you know, they're all really, really good and well-designed. Um, and then you couple gets Let's Shake. So Let's Shake's the sixth battle in the game. You've done this five times. You're getting used to the core gameplay loop of the game. You know what's going on. Um, you've built up your, um, your money to go fight Let's Shake. Uh, you go through it. Let's Shake is, is bonkers, to put it bluntly. He's, um, he's a Singaporean punk rock guitarist who speaks with a German accent just because WGF. That's pretty much the reason why in that game. Um, and he's on a giant mech uh, that gets taller and taller and pumps up and just looks more and more menacing. He's got a giant brain in the middle of it that's about to, to fire off some colossal um, earth shatter and you basically have this really just, you know hugely elaborate cut scene about to fight him and just you face off with him another assassin just flies down and cuts him in two and that's it <laughs> uh, it just trolls you and you don't get paid anything for it and all the money you built up for that fight is gone because you didn't fight him so it's like oh yeah bye oh, done brilliant massively climatic. <laughs> um, so it's a deliberate troll but my god did that make me angry <laughs> um, and my god did it make you hate the, the mysterious guy who um, appeared and just, just, just dispatched him uh, a, a smartly dressed Irish assassin with a different coloured beam katana uh, nice. who has been set up as the game's primary antagonist um, so it, it's, it's, it's nicely done um, and it's, it's disappointing by design it makes it no less disappointing. So that's my pick. <laughs> what about you, Pip? Um, for me, um, what I was most disappointed with is Deathstroke in Arkham Knight. Oh, really? <laughs> when I was first played the game, and it says to you that you've got to hunt down Deathstroke, I was like, yes. Now, Deathstroke is the kind of person who's, when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat with Batman, he's kind of on par. In comics, he's kind of best at him at most times. So, 100 down Deathstroke, and I was like, yes, I can't wait to have a good old scrap with Deathstroke. And then just to find out is a tank battle. Oh, what? <laughs> so you're literally just driving around a tank. You've got to, kind of got to flank in, aim for a weak spot, shoot, drive away. Oh. Now weak spot again. 
shoot, drive away, keep doing that, and then he ejects. But you would like Batman ejects at the same time, and then that's it. Then you take him down, and that's it. That's the boss battle over. So you don't get to like you know you hop over him, he hops over you, you whip round, he whips round, and then you just have to. It's the person who can't dodge the last that. Have you guys played? Have you guys played Arkham Origins? Uh, no. I no, played um, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I played on that, and that's like a bit more. That's what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah. But with the Ar- with the Arkham Knights uh, mechanics, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, it was quite, yeah, just that, when that happened, I was just oh, I was very, very I hate stuff like that. Funny. Well, the annoying thing is, because... if Rocksteady can't do a good boss battle, and hmm. but we talked about Rocksteady tonight already. I'd say that's probably their one weakness. They'll Knock it out of the park with. Um, yeah. I'm not mentioning because I've got a sneaking suspicion that we're talking about best boss battles, and one of theirs may well come up possibly. Um, but they also, if you look at the Joker in um, in, Ar- in Arkham Asylum, it just it, it was. Yeah, it yeah, I, was, I was very disappointed, but yeah, you're, you're right there, Spoon. Like that, you, know, you, you want to scrap the Joker, didn't you? I feel like yeah. I'm a huge. Yeah, you wanted to yeah. just like you wanted, you know, good old scrap, and then just for that to happen at the end of our asylum. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh, well, same yeah, way so. um, when you when you fight a penguin. I'm trying to think which um, which game it's in, whether it's in Arkham City or in um, the final one in um, in Arkham Knight. But he, you, you obviously spend loads of time going through his henchmen. He sets a lot of traps for you. And when you go up to him, he's got a grenade launcher. He fires those at you, which you dodge, and then just beat the snot out of him, which is really satisfying because he's been antagonising you for a while. And and for you know for an enemy who isn't physically imposing, that's pretty much how it go with Batman. You know, he's mm. not going to put up a fight. And but with Deathstroke, yeah, you hope for way more than that, don't you? Yeah, you yeah you're right, right, definitely. So yeah, huge disappointment for me that was. What about you, Chimera? Okay, so my uh, worst boss battle, I'd say, um, this is me pulling from more recent memories because I'm sure there's going to be worse ones in the past, would be the boss at the end of Skyrim. So <laughs> the thing is, you, you, you end, when all the dragons start coming back alive, you, you keep noticing there's, there's a big, a big dragon that keeps um, like stealing souls as you're going through. And you keep seeing this massive, huge dragon all the way through the game, the game's main story. Well, you, you're fighting the normal dragons, you're fighting the other dragons um, on towards the, the middle section and the end section of the game. You're fighting them with a fairly regularity. You know, you're getting your abilities up and they're becoming less of a challenge. But you're still noticing when you hit story points that there's this huge, huge dragon. And I failed to remember what his name is. I did all the research into to, to this um, earlier today and I still can't remember his name. It's one of those um, Elder um, Elder Scrolls kind of um, names like Flanaxliax Flin- yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so those kind of games have a fundamental flaw to them and I think I've touched on this in other episodes where you're not forced to do the story the main story and it's one of the the downsides to it you can go off and create your own story by doing side missions and just nobbing around in the massive massive open world 
So after seeing this huge dragon like gleaming <laughs> down in some of the story missions and causing mischief and mayhem, in fact, it's the dragon that attacks you at the start of the game. Um, yeah. When I actually came around to fighting him, I was so massively over-leveled that I took him down with... I'm not going to say relative ease, because I don't think that really emphasizes how easily I dealt with that dragon. By that point, I had full set of Daedric armor. I'd focused all of my, my XP into crafting and enchanting. So not only did I have the best Daedric armor that I could make, because I'd also focused a lot of my XP into making potions that made you better at crafting. So I drank a load of those potions. You can make potions that make you better at making potions. So I drank a lot of potions that made me better at potions in order to make a potion that made me better at uh, making armor. And then I made the best armor that I could make, Daedric armor. I made all of my Daedric armor enchanted so that it buffed my two-handed swords, all of it. I, I, was, I drank lots of potions to make me really good at enchanting. My sword drained mana and HP, and I was at the level cap. Because I've just been dicking about for months and months and months of this game. When I get into a game like that, I go into it, I, go, I deep dive. I take a game on like that for about six to nine months before I get bored. Yeah, I'd rather explore and do a side quest. Too. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm balls deep in Skyrim by this point. I've done loads of Skyrim. Like, I've, I've found every little picture all over the map. I've, I've done all of the side quests with all of the different guilds. I came to take on this dragon, and I was like, dunk, half of its health is gone. Dunk, oh. I'm I guess I, I'm Skyrim now. I am Skyrim. Looks like I'm Skyrim, guys. So that was disappointing. They should have have made it so that it scaled with you, perhaps. There must have been a way of making the boss scale to your level. Bethesda does this, though. Bethesda seems to have problems. They'll set up enemies as boss encounters and then just fail to deliver. Uh, If you look at Fallout 3, final boss of that, you should go into that, headshot him, one shot, in the battle. And... And then you, you go into a chamber and you die. Uh, basically. Uh, spoiler alert. They make these incredibly detailed, expansive worlds. And they end up, as you said, the most fascinating stories are the ones you, you stumble upon. And yeah. Side quests, yeah, they're interesting. They're open, but well, the main story feels like someone lacking and you know a dark brotherhood quest was way more interesting than the main story in that game exactly for example exactly but anyway um moving on swiftly to uh the pace de la resistance we'll be talking about our most memorable boss battles now these ones aren't going to necessarily be good they're not necessarily going to be bad but they're going to be ones that we remember for flair style really good storyline Maybe it's a particular mechanic that they used. Um, and to kick that off, I'm going to go down to Pip. What's your pick for most memorable boss? So, most memorable for me, it was the same same uh, game as the most disappointing. But this was coming from Arkham City, and it is Mr. Freeze. Ah. Uh, what made it more... 
memorable for me. Because um, when you're playing your Asylum and City and all that, I love the Predator missions. The ones where you got stealth, where you go around taking out yeah, the, yeah. the from Makes like feel like them up to the rafters. Yeah, those are brilliant. Um, but when to anyone, that man is a dick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Beating the guy to death, it's like now talk. He's like, he's, like, he's practically dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what made Mr. Freeze a lot memorable for me was he was quite clever. You can never do the same move twice. Ooh. So, if you, like, for example, do an inverted takedown, you kind of like take out all the pillars then, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you use the vents, then you ice all the vents. So, you've got to use these like nine different ways that you can take them down. You've got to do that one by one. And for me, yeah, that was very, yeah. Because, like I said earlier, with that's very games, smart. Like, that are repetitive. Mm. That it wasn't. You got to use your head and go. Oh, let's try that. See if that works. And done damage to him. It's like yes. Um. So yes. Yeah. It was normally tense as well. That entire battle, and um, was tense throughout. It was something you were constantly thinking. How can I one up him? Um, yeah. And Mr. Freeze, he's a, he's a very sympathetic villain. He's doing it all just to try and um, revive his wife, yeah, for goodness sake. Right, yeah. no. um, I, I would say the only very minor um, complaint I have is that it wasn't voiced by Schwarzenegger. <laughs> In the middle of it. Um, the one thing that could improve. Oh. Um, so, so was it a case of if you... If you used one of those mechanics and didn't hit him, he'd still like say for example, if you do a vertical takedown and it didn't work, would he still get rid of all the pillars? Was there a um, a chance no, of failing? So, like, takedown, it, it, would, it would hurt him. Oh, so if he successfully he does it to him, then he'll <laughs> land. Wait, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and then he would just shoot all the little gargoyles with his three rays, so he couldn't use them anymore. Uh, um, and if you go do like a styling takedown, it'll hurt him. But then you'll have like a, a drone on his back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. That's, ooh, that's 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 really clever. That's really good. I like it when they make you think like laterally as to how how to do something using the tools that are available to you. Stuff like that. Yeah, so you get, both battles are either used as a way of training your skills, like a tutorial. I yeah. think before we we had about like um, for example, Legend of Zelda, when you find a new bit of tool or bit of equipment, you'll very shortly afterwards have a boss that teaches you to use that and then shows you an application of it. Yeah. And yeah. I would say a boss like Freeze, it's almost a culmination of everything you've learned before that. I mean, in the Arkham games, you would have well, enemies. Had, yeah, you'd have um, you'd have enemies, but um, you know, be using like sonar and be jamming you and. Doing fit things yeah. to basically stop. Like you'd have enemies who would um, basically throw grenades up and blow the gargoyles. You'd have enemies that force you to play in different, more creative ways. Mister Freeze was the apex version of that, and yeah. it was someone who essentially he you had to be going into that with mastery of all of the stealth mechanics, not just having a few uses crutch. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's brilliant. There, um, yeah. 
I don't know what I was going to yeah. say. I think I was going to say something along the lines of Horizon Zero Dawn, but I don't think it'd be applicable because they, they weren't really bosses. But I was going to say that they, um, the robot animals in that, um, as you progress mm-hmm. into the game, they start throwing um, like creatures at you that um, can combat a lot of your more basic weaponry, and they force you okay. to have to use some of your more... Um, uh, niche ones, for example, um, I can't remember the called now. Um, there's a stealth, like it's almost like a a panther sort of um, stealth robot, and it'll right. keep itself camouflaged against a tree, and it'll put mines down that shriek when you go near them, so then it attracts oh. them over. They stay invisible the entire time. The only way you can get them really is by laying down traps that stun them. So you have to put trip wire traps around all the way around you. Kind of box yourself in and tr- like attract them in. And then as soon as they turn up, you have to use a very specific kind of arrow that you don't really use very often in order to take them down. Otherwise, yeah. they do massive damage to you if they catch you uh, whilst they're stealth. And they also have a, um, a dart gun in the tails. So if you're trying to take them down at range, they hit you with this dark gun that poisons you and just strips health straight out of you. And that's one oh. of the things I liked about that game is be, they, you think you've got it, you pick your best weapons. We all do it. You go into those kind of games and you're like, right, I really like this weapon. I really like that weapon. I like yeah, that's your, yeah, that's yeah. your, your loadout. And that game just went, well, deal with this. <laughs> and you're like, uh, yeah. staring at these you. tools. Like, uh. <laughs> I'd say um, the more I think about it, and um, talking about the Mr. Freeze boss battle, probably the one that I feel is closest to it in games I've played in terms of the level of being really tense, in terms of forcing you to use your tools in perhaps ways you wouldn't already thought so. And guys, and I talk about Metal Gear a lot, so give us a free pass on this one. Um, but the end in Metal Gear 3, um, you know, the, the ancient sniper, and purely because he can out stealth you. And uh, you can camouflage himself phenomenally well. If he spots you, he tranks you. So you don't die, you just get tranquilized and basically start again. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, um, there, there's various things you can do. It's, it's, a game of cat, it's a game of, well, not cat and mouse, it's a game of cat and cat. And um, doing counter sniper stuff, it's all about you know, using your various tools as best you yeah. possibly can. Um, and if, if you try and do you know, some attacks you've done previously in that game, you try and sneak up on him, he has your number straight away because he's got such good skills. And so you have to do things more creatively or you just set your, your, um, your game clock a week ahead and then die of old age or cheese it. Um, <laughs> as well. I would say the only game that really has, I think, that a boss battle of the same feel to it as Mr. Freeze, what I can think of, would be that's the closest in my opinion. Actually, yeah. that leads us on quite uh, neatly to what your pick for most memorable uh, boss would be. And I tell you what, but the most memorable one picking could not be further from what we just talked about. And so, N64, nice family-friendly console, and lots of games for the entire family to enjoy. So I'm choosing the classic that is Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can see you're aware of it. Uh, I'm choosing a final boss in that game, um, which I think, is it the best boss battle in the world? No, it most surely isn't. Is it the most memorable? 
And well, I mean, you're in some sort of horrible fecal encrusted hellhole, and this this you know large brown sludge like hand sort of reaching out and trying to slap you, and you're thinking, what, what's this from? And then all of a sudden, it appears the aptly named Great Mighty Poo. Um, <laughs> exactly. We, we're not talking about Shakespeare here, are we? We're talking about Conference Fair Day. And the game full of, full of sex jokes and rude words on the Nintendo. Um, which... It's not quite my game. Um, oh, brilliant. The Great Mighty Poo is a, a quite literal big hunk of shit. <laughs> uh, he comes out of a, a, a big turd-filled quagmire, opera singing. Um, you heard that right, opera singing. Um, and the song is for a burn of my consciousness. I'm not going to sing it, it's not an opera singer. Um, actually, do you guys want me to sing this or just recite the lyrics to you? Because um, I think it's a thing of beauty. Oh, please. For posterity, do it. I am Mighty poo, I'm going to throw all my shit at you. An abundance of tish comes with my chocolate starfish. Oh, I will cover you in scat, you little twat. And you then proceed to defeat him by throwing toilet paper at you. Why not? And each time you basically get another phase of battle, he gives you another verse of that um, quite beautiful and erudite written song, uh, just full of poo jokes until finally you literally flush him away. And if you're talking about something which is memorable, the fact that I played this Dance. in my early teenage years, I can still remember that song now, probably gives you an idea as just how memorable that is. Wow, so, that's, that's great proper etched itself into his brain. <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, we saved the best last day, didn't we? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great boss battle in terms of the game design, in terms of the mechanics, in terms of... Um, and, um, you know, perhaps being, you know, something which will stay, stay with people and um, the years to come. It's just got a lot of poo jokes. It's, it's memorable. And that's what, that's what this segment's all about. Memorable boss battles. What's that? I have no idea. Poo jokes, yeah. The universal. The universal. Yeah. When we all die uh, and vanish so from this earth, <laughs> poo jokes will still remain. <laughs> wow. Um, I would say as a touch of class, it's more than a touch of arse. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's probably best you move swiftly on now, to be honest. Um, so from a potty-mouthed, um, from potty-mouthed talking squirrel and um, quite literal, you know, piles of shit, we'll move on to, to Kimura slash Nathan Everyday's pick. <sighs> Okay, so uh, my pick is going to be a little bit uh, basic. Um, my pick is going to be the boss battles at the end of uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles as my most memorable boss battles. Beige Bell. Beige Bell. So... It's actually not basic in... at all. It's a good pick, man. It's a yeah. good pick. <laughs> this, is, this, this comes in two stages. So... Uh, I'm going to go for both of them because they were both really good. There was the um, the battle at the end when you played as Sonic, where after you beat Robotnik at the um, on the last level, and you had all of the, um, the emeralds, you got to progress to a, a further final boss battle called Doomsday. Um, I just remember the music in my head, like 
normally what would happen if um, if uh, Spoon can um, collaborate on this one. Um, I don't know if Pip, have you played those ones, Sonic Three and Knuckles? Okay, I'm sorry. No, so you fight him in his um, his Death Egg robot at the end. He's okay. charging forward, and then every so often he shoots a big beam at you. You beat him, it's and there's like his, hands, his hands try and flatten you first of all. Yeah, 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 with a lot of fingers. Yeah. Yeah. So you beat that. It's shooting lasers. As it comes up at the side, doesn't it? Like a big head, and like it chases then, you. It's, it's a endless yeah. runner while it's chasing you and destroying the screen. Yeah. And going forward. Yeah. So you, you get to the end of that. You blow it up, and then the Death Egg robot comes out, the generic one with the spikes for hands. That's in Sonic Two, I believe. You fight it in Sonic Two. Um, that one flies off. Um, and otherwise, if you don't have all the emeralds, the game just ends. You get the cutscene of the death egg falling out of the sky, and then he goes to the, the flicky island. Uh, everything's happy. Um, if you did have all the emeralds, you go supersonic and you chase him, and then you get the doomsday zone. Now, the doomsday zone, you have it, it, it's two parts. You've got to maintain your ring count in order to stay super or hypersonic, depending on which emeralds you had. At the same time, You've to try and catch up to Robotnik and doink him. And if you touch, as you know, if you touch anything in your supersonic state, it just damages it or destroys it. Uh, like the normal enemies should just pop, just like having the stars around you. You have to yeah. get close enough to doink him. So you're trying to keep your ring total up. There's meteors that slow you down. If you if you hit them, you just do a backspin back to the start of the screen and you have to try and build up the momentum. And at the same time as that, there are missiles being fired at you from him. So it it took a while to get the, the hang of being able to collect the rings, avoid the rocks, avoid the missiles, get up to Robotnik, hit him. And it's a classic Sonic game, so you have to do that eight times to beat him. And it gets harder and harder because then he starts sending all the missiles apart from one gap at you. See, it becomes a, uh, basically a bullet hell to try and get through those narrow gaps whilst trying to avoid the rocks, whilst keeping your ring total high enough. The music for the level was amazing. The, 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 the way that they managed to take the standard Sonic uh, game style and then just change it. I mean, back then, that was, that was brilliant. They took that, that 2D platformer and they used the same mechanics but turned it into a completely different game. I'm yeah. playing one, two, three, and then playing and Knuckles and getting to the end of that game title, and then it goes, and here's a completely different method of playing it. It was amazing. Um, the second part to that would be when you played it as Knuckles. And if you played yeah. it as Knuckles all the way through to the end, you fought um, Metallics, or Metal Sonic, as it was also known. And that one was... A pretty good boss battle because you fight him just as he is and then when you beat him he hops off the screen knuckles chases him into the next screen and he's jumped onto the master emerald just a quick rundown of the story you've got the the, the chaos emeralds you get all the chaos emeralds you get supersonic when they brought in yeah. sonic and knuckles you got something called the super emeralds which were bigger emeralds and they allowed you to unlock hypersonic and hyper knuckles and super tails so the master emerald was a big big emerald and it um it's what robotnik stole at the start of sonic 3 that made knuckles want to attack sonic because he convinced sonic 
convinced Knuckles that it was Sonic that did it. But anyway, Metal Sonic jumps onto the Emerald, starts drawing power up from the Emerald, and then turns into Super Metal Sonic. So now you've to you've you've only got three rings because it's a new level. It just yeah, starts yeah. you off on this level fresh. You collect three rings. You fight um, Metallics. Then straight away you have to fight Super Metallics. And he's shooting balls of energy at you. He'll occasionally just dive bomb the corner of the screen because you're at the opposite end of the screen. You don't want to get too close to him whilst he's invulnerable. But he'll just fucking dive at you. Or he'll faint a dive, hit the floor, and then roll at you, shoot straight back up. You're saving graces. Every so often he'll lose power and drop to the floor. And then you have like a split second before he turns into a ball, rolls back onto the emerald, jumps onto the emerald and starts powering up again. So you have to stay reasonably close to him um, in order to hit him in that short phase of time where he drops to the floor. So uh, it, it, there's other like new, it, it goes up to like another stage where he starts floating and shooting things for like irradiating and then he'll dip down. Yeah. He'll dip down as normal metallics and then turn back into super metallics. That one was pretty good as well because it's memorable because of the amount of times that I played through that game and got into that bit and I just remember the, the particular music notations when um, you think you've beaten um, Metallics and then the music just kind of goes quiet and then it goes dum dum and you're like oh first time you play it you're like why is he doing that dum 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 and then he just rolls away and you're like oh and then he becomes super Metallics and you're like Oh, <laughs> just the way it all, they, they did a lot with a 2D plat, a platformer to make you like invoke those kind of emotions in you when you first yeah. play and then playing it subsequently. Um, that's why it sticks in my mind as being not only one of my, more, my favorite games growing up, but also one of the, my most favorite boss battles, my favourite phases yeah. in those games. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say on that. Just about it. It was the music notations and just the, the way that it it changed up the mechanics. It gave you a a different feel to it. Yeah. You just didn't get in like one and two, which were just platformers. Three is when they really started taking more attention to the so story. Did you expect that? Did you expect that? Did you expect no. that? No, so, no, no. For you, for, for you then, that's what makes it more memorable is the way that you were, it was such a surprise to have a next yeah, level. Yeah. The Doomsday level scared the crap out of me because I've beaten that level so many times before without having all the Chaos Emeralds. And then you just had yeah. that one situation where you managed to get them all. You maybe played Hypersonic the first time ever I managed to get it would have been on that last stage. And I'd be like, oh, this yeah. is cool. Uh, and then they go, oh, and by the way, yeah, you know, you've finished the confession here. And um, though the, the second part of the battle you've been talking about, and um, I literally only discovered this was a thing on Sunday night watching it on YouTube. I played the game. <laughs> I never managed to get all of the, the Chaos Emeralds, and um, I didn't know that existed. So I, I thought, you know, all of this, I feel like I've actually done myself out of it. And uh, it's all because the, um, the, the, the Blue Sphere, uh, nothing we talked about <laughs> before, the Blue Sphere special stage in, in, in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. I was god awful for that. 
Uh, I, I, I never unlocked that part of it. I never knew that was there. All I would say is 10-year-old me mind would have been utterly blown by that. And um, I'm actually <laughs> impressed and also a little saddened because yeah, it's uh, our experience now. What's that? What did you say, Pep? Can you hear me? I said, oh, I said they've never got to experience it. Yeah, yeah. That, it was a shame for Dave. That's because it's But yeah, the, the, the last <laughs> boss is on all of those games. But I think it's because we were so young when we were playing those games. But the last bosses were always like super difficult to get to because remember one and two there were no save mechanics. I will say the last boss on one was a bit poo, um, but number two certainly certainly was a good last boss. Music on the Death Egg theme, Death Egg level. Two was horrific because you had two bosses back to back. Yeah, and you had no for a single hit was an instant kill. Yeah, basically, uh, and. Both bosses take quite a... They're by far the most difficult bosses in the game. And it takes quite a bit of trying to work out their attack patterns. And, and obviously the second one, you only get to it after you've defeated the first. So you, you'd be get, getting to that point. You'd have built up a stock of like 12, 13, 14 lives. And then, well, for me, at least a couple of times, burned through all of them, trying to work out how to beat them. And you couldn't go on YouTube to see how to beat it or see if... Oh, no. No, there was no YouTube. If you were lucky, you could have made you got that far and done it, you'd ask them. Yeah. But none of my friends got that far. <laughs> I did. I was like, what do you do here? You know. Yeah. Um, Fumbling through. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's about all we have time for this week. Um, oh. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you to um, Super Spoon and to Kit Newcomb. And um, as long as we're not all destroyed by the um, inevitable um, inevitable heat death of the universe, uh, we will see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bye. <laughs>